I, for one, welcome our new Swifty overlords and am willing to change this podcast into anything they wish to hear more of. I understand their power and bend to their will. This is the push-off. Hey everybody, welcome to the new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week. Get you ready for the next. I am your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan, and I don't know about you, but I'm feeling tired of talking about Taylor Swift and <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Right. <laughs> there you go, Dan. Yeah, um, hey, worlds collide, the, the popular music culture and the NFL football uh, have seen a, a collision of sorts this week, and we see just uh, you know how long this lasts. But hey, welcome to uh, just a bummer episode of the Push Off Podcast, where all of our <laughs> haters get to enjoy themselves. So, unfortunately, these tend to be our best episodes. Oh yeah, they know it. Is <laughs> is when we're both just miserable old bitches, especially too, because I've held on to my uh, hope. Fullness. Oh yeah, and it's on. It's it's on its last. I mean, I don't think it's on its any straw anymore. I'm kind of done. I'm kind of so, done. And you'll hear. Have it you today. have you seen the recent path to a ten and seven mm. season? Have you seen that? No, I don't know what we're that talking it's, about. That it's it's like a logical path to a ten and seven season for the Vikings. <laughs> like somebody uh, wrote an article about this or something. Yeah, they, they were. It's like, hey, you know, this actually is not like fucking crazy. Until they um, win one or two, I don't care, you know. And that's that's what they're saying. They're basically like, "Hey, if you don't win this game right here, you're oh, probably yeah. not gonna like. You're probably fucked. If you start at the season zero and four, you're you're it's not happening for you, right? You know, you know this. Zero and three is hard enough. Zero and four is like hey, get fucked. That's just a brutal position to find yourself in. It's an I'm in a weirder position where, as far as you, uh, had a horrible practice injury prior to the game brought the team mm-hmm. down and you could see it on the field yeah i mean your team also is not playing they're not getting blown out by no. anybody no. you know they're in every one of these games it's turnovers yeah. it's turnovers and turnovers just tend to be these weird fucking things and they they're like sacks man they come in bunches so i i think if you get the turnover situation under control you're probably going to be a you know a competitive team same thing for us. We got to get penalties, but we'll get into it. Yeah, I see. What, I see what you did, though. We we focus in more on my and then yours instead of you. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's hit all the games. We'll talk about everything that happened as we do all the games because we hit them all when all of them play. Uh, the only news that broke this week is we know the Super Bowl halftime show mm-hmm. uh, performer uh, for this next Super Bowl. It is Usher. Danny Usher? and Usher. You an Usher fan? Uh, I will have you know that uh, love in this club okay, is a I remember fucking jam. Club. And if you ever get a chance to view the Rock of Fire explosion, that's version how of, I know it. For some reason, notch. that's how I know it. <laughs> it's fucking great. But Usher's got some absolute fucking jams. Absolute yeah. fucking jams. Um, I think he's a great guy because you got the dancey stuff. You've got like the slow 
melodic tunes. You've got the ballads. He's a great cross-reference. And the man can still dance like a motherfucker. And that's part of this, too, right? His usher's been kind of declining in the public eye, but he's still a hell of an entertainer. Um, He would, by no means, my, like, number one draft pick to be, you know, the halftime show. But he makes about as much sense as J-Lo ever did. So, yeah, go nuts, man. Yeah, yeah. We've had some interesting choices, but... uh... The the show is becoming something else here in the last few years, so we'll see what Usher brings to it. Um, let's talk about the games. It's time for Game of the Week. Game of the Week to lead us off. Uh, there were some stinkers this week, and then there were some good ones. Um, oh, yeah. For Game of the Week, I went with the only overtime one we got, which was a shocker surprise uh, su- upset two. Colts beating the Ravens 22 to 19. We are not uh, any, uh, we don't shy away from putting the Ravens first in this thing. The Ravens put on some no. some tight games and they always seem to be good ones. But this one was surprising because not even a Richardson start. This was Minshew the whole way. And uh, mm-hmm. he gave a gutted out performance. I mean, he only threw one touchdown. It was Zach Moss on the ground again. It was a very heavy, rainy game. And then it was. Gay from deep, he kicked three field goals from 53 yards and one from 54. He went five for five for the game, including the game winner. Uh, Matt Gay was absolutely like, the the Colts had no red zone offense. I mean, I'm right. not one to cast aspersions as a Cowboys fan this week, but <laughs> they had zero red zone offense. The thing that kept biting the Ravens was fucking turnovers. You yep. know, it was fumble after fumble, like, this is never a stat line you expect to see in a Ravens loss. Lamar Jackson, over 200 yards passing, over 100 yards rushing with two touchdowns. How the fuck do you lose that game if you're the Ravens? It doesn't make any sense. It's turnovers. The Colts played tight. The Colts played, you know, stable, consistent football. They couldn't get into the red zone, but they also didn't force the ball into situations where they're turning it over, you know, trying to get those points. Um, This should not have been an Indianapolis win. It should nope. not have been. The Ravens <laughs> the are a more talented game. team. Yeah, Even the end with of this game seven though, too, fucking was starters out. Yes, Ravens were missing a bunch of starters. Uh, in the first half, though, Hamilton has three sacks. I want to get that out of the way because that happened in the first True. half of yep. this game. Um, then we have that fake field goal delay a game. Uh, you can't. Great. You, you can't outthink John Harbaugh as you were to you know, and and he was outthought you know. Uh, Steichen, right, for the Colts? Yeah, who it Shane is? Steichen got a little cute, and Harbaugh's he, like, ooh, bitch. Yeah, he gave this, like, well, I guess I got schooled look, too, across the sidelines when he did, because they... Okay, and then explain to me a little bit on this, because why wouldn't a defense be able to do this every play? But they lined up like they were going to go for it, then they switched out the to kick it right away, and then they switched it out mm-hmm. again right away. Is it because they did two switches that the clock was going, and they're just like, we don't need to reset the clock... They only did one switch. So okay, they, they lined well, up sorry, the kick they, and faked it. They lined up in a field goal formation, so they made the substitutions, right? Okay. And then they almost walked to the line, and they said, nah, you know what, fuck it, we're going to substitute some more motherfuckers. Yeah. The rule is, if you're substituting, the defense has to have an appropriate amount of time to substitute their players in as well. And what is that considered appropriate amount? Because like, the defense can't like slowly be like, we're going to do this in a half a minute until it's too well, late. Well, you can lollygag a little bit. You know, yeah. Generally, they're like, hey, like five, ten seconds to get your guys in there, right? Okay. And you can see when Minshew comes back out, he's like, come on, get the fucking thing back yep. up. And they're like, yep. they're like, no, motherfucker, you fucked up. 
so and I can tell I that they it. did. I just didn't know why it was so much that seconds, but okay. Yeah, you get so you get the opportunity to make a substitution. Now, if a guy was like walking to the sidelines, you know, trying to make a substitution, they probably would have called him for offsides or delay of game, whatever that may be. But if you make an earnest effort to try to substitute your players, then it's it's all good. The guy's not compelled to fucking sprint. Right. Uh, to the ref stood there in front of the snap as they get to do. So they must have a clock in their head to allow that to go like three, four, five. Okay, now you can snap and wherever they are, yeah. that's where we go. Okay. Yeah, um, they were trying to get too cute. They forget that Mr. Harbaugh is a former special teams coach. Oh, you yeah. know he's been fucking around with stuff like this forever. Yeah. So that was that was cute. Um, but what's wild here is after Minshew accidentally um, has himself a uh, – Oh, I wanted to, to name the uh, old Lions quarterback at that moment there. Uh, stepping oh, off the back uh, of the end zone. Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, he has himself an Orlovsky moment, we'll call it. Um, but he just, like, happened to step on the chalk. That's a safety. It's a three-point lead now the Ravens have with two minutes left. I So I watched kind of this back because this ending was happening during my ending, which was close. The Colts get this ball back with a minute 41 on the clock, and I have no idea how they were able to do that because I think they only had one timeout. Were the Ravens throwing it? Like they had a three-point lead. Safety, you get in the ball with a free kick. I don't know Uh, how. No, I mean, (laughs) they ran it. Wow. They ran it. Colts get this ball back. They have the ball with minute 41, so they still are able to get down to kick the 53-yarder in regulation. Tucker misses a 61-yarder that would have won it, which is, in itself, it was a wet game, but oh, wild sure. that he, you know, you have a chance there with Tucker. Um, and Ravens certainly do. have to punt it past midfield there. They can't get it any closer, which is interesting because usually when you think the Ravens are getting it up by that logo, you're like, well, you're in Tucker range. But they can't, for whatever reason. Everybody trades turnover on downs in the overtime and then a 53-yarder in their third possession, I believe, to win it. Nuts. Yeah, and they, they did basically the entire uh, overtime. Like, they, they did yeah. not – it was not a good game uh, in terms of, like, execution, not a good game in terms of, like, passing on either side of the ball, but not a lot of mistakes. And it just seemed like at the end of the game there was a little bit of attrition because when you're down seven starters, right – that means yeah. you got backups playing all game, and then their backups are even worse than them. So you're kind of out of dudes by the end of it, and you can kind of see it. Like the last, like maybe four Ravens drives, you can see getting pressure on Lamar Jackson. You can see those guys were not conditioned to play an entire game uh, in the NFL, and that's, you know, that's kind of damning. Um, not for the Ravens, because it means they've, they're at least getting this depth. If you're the Ravens, you're like, hey, if we're going to drop a game like this, I'd rather drop it real early against a Colts team that's probably not going to make the playoffs. We're not going to have some like tiebreaker scenarios with the Indianapolis Colts in all likelihood. Uh, you know. But honestly, yeah. the AFC South's fucking wide open, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, maybe the yeah, Colts win the division. They don't have to worry about them in a wild card thing, but mm-hmm. Ravens could take their, this own division. So, um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, big win for the Colts. Makes you feel good. I think Richardson's starting to practice again. He's not fully out of concussion protocol. We don't need to rush him if Minshew's playing uh, not to lose like he is there. Um, So that game with the 16-9 with two minutes left, let's go to one that ended uh, Mm. 16-9, or 16-19 at the end score. That was the Monday Nighter Rams-Bengals. Uh, we both picked Bengals to win this. Bengals did win this. 
Um, Brett Maher had a good game, three for three field goals. Uh, but finally, it was uh, Chase getting going for his biggest game of the season, 12 catches, 141 yards. And the Bengals' defense, six sacks, two interceptions, squeak out a win. That was kind of a yawner in the first half, but uh, all Bengals into the fourth. Very surprising because the Bengals, like the Rams have no run game, and you can run it on the Bengals. The Bengals actually have a really good um, pass defense. Like they've got a pretty good pass rush. They've got decent secondary. Like I, you know, I'm a big fan of Cheeto Bayouzier. I love me mm-hmm. some Bayouzier. Um, you know, they had a, a great, a couple interceptions. I mean, it was not a great game for Joe Burrow, but it was a slightly worse game for Matt Stafford, and that's kind it's of like the difference. Rams didn't have what it took to attack this Bengals team or something. Yeah. It's this was just a bad matchup talent wise for the Rams. Um you know, Burrow was under pressure. Burrow, you know, was making mistakes. Um yeah. but Joe Mixon was able to run the ball against the Rams and the Rams were not able to run the ball against the Bengals and that really is their fucking kryptonite. It just runs right up the center. They don't have a strong interior defensive line and the Rams were unable to exploit it. I I don't think they would have been able to exploit it with Cam Akers. Um but that's just kind of not how the Rams are built. They're not built as a hard-nosed running team. Until they got that touchdown in the second half, the Bengals which uh the only touchdown until the 2-2 Outwell one at the end. Um the the Bengals fans were getting restless and they were like it's like unsettledness this booing around halftime and stuff and they they did the same thing last year they started slow and as long as you know burrow doesn't yeah re-aggravate that injury and stuff like they're all worried about because i i think i texted you before this leading into this game they're like burrow burrow might not play and i was like hey if burrow don't play yeah. i'm taking rams <laughs> and oh, yeah, i think absolutely. we like joked about it on the thing there i didn't know how serious it was so yeah he he gets through this one and that's it seemed to be the the talk about it but yeah, that's a serious worry there then for the Bengals because he needs to be healthy for them to make any type of run this year. And it's funny because you're looking at the Rams and you go, is one and two where you thought the Rams would be? Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad start for them. I mean, this is a rebuilding team. They have looked feistier than we thought they would. True. And the Bengals are starting out slow, but that division's still wide open. You just had the fucking Ravens lose to the Colts. Um, you know, you're at least beating a former Super Bowl championship team. So the Bengals are not... Uh, churning yet right. um but this is generally the way it goes right offenses take a little bit more time to get going um in the beginning of the season than defenses do and i don't think there's a better example than that than the cincinnati Bengals. once they start hitting on all cylinders still a very scary team if they can get any sort of um beef in the middle of that defensive line they're going to be a really tough row to hoe for uh, any opponent in the afc yeah yeah but it is interesting i still as tight as this game was, feel like the Bengals can do it, and the Rams are probably in a bad spot, even though they're in the NFC, but they're in a tough, tough division, and mm-hmm. who knows. So, yeah, we'll see what happens from there. This leads us to talk about one of the games from next week. becomes kind of an interesting one. It's Rams at Colts. Rams at Colts. So it's a interconference one, two teams that don't see each other very much. I was kind of going back and forth with this one since it's in Indy. Um as we finish up these picks from last week, I am technically picking first, but it's gotten real mm-hmm. tight. <laughs> so hey. uh, anything can happen here, and I'm going to be a little uh, weird on these picks. But uh, in this scenario, the way that this lines up, I like the Rams. I feel like the Rams are going to be able to put up more points than the Colts in this one. 
I, I actually feel the same way. I was, I was like, kind of <laughs> hoping you were going to take the Colts here. Yeah, but I could have. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the Rams have not looked bad. Their defense has not looked terrible. The fact that they did hold the Bengals to 19 points, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's all you can really ask from your defense. If you get a situation where Matt Stafford starts to feel himself, if they can get any sort of run game going, the Rams actually could be pretty dangerous in the NFC. So um, I'm still not 100% sold on the Colts. I like Gardner Minshew. I think he's a better quarterback option right now than Anthony Richardson. But Richardson is going to eventually come back. He's going to be the future of that franchise uh, one way or another, whether it's a short future or a long future. They're going to put him in. They want to see what they got. So I'm going to go with the Rams, whether Minshew or Richardson starts. Yeah, it's a 2-1 and one Colts team at the top of the uh, South currently, so they might be feeling good about uh, making a run here this year. Why wait? Um, weird that the information comes out of, like, Jonathan Taylor still wants out, though. He still wants out. So that doesn't feel good after you're like, Colts, big win on the road. Maybe maybe you, that uh, big-time running back wants to get on this good team. No? Still not? Okay, sorry. It, so I mean, if I'm Jim Irsay, I'm like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, just here's a big raise this year. Yeah. Uh, here's a big raise this year. If we franchise you next year, you're going to get an even bigger raise. But, like, I understand where Jonathan Taylor is coming from. He's playing on $4 million. Right. And what he's, he's already done, he kind of deserves a raise. So This is not a guy who, you know, Tony Pollard played on a pretty meager deal, right? But then he got franchised. That's $11 million. That's not bad. It's not a bad payday. Jonathan Taylor is a second-round pick, has not been paid commensurate with his accomplishments Yeah. this year. And he's not going to get paid next year right away. So... I think I understand where he's coming from. He's like, hey, listen, I'm, you know, I'm a running back. We don't have a I lot of time. See what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I've got three or four more years to make a profit on my abilities. Give me the money because I will give you performance. I can give you performance for three or four more years. You hear this thing though, the NFL and the NFLPA going at it about talking to these running backs, maybe even faking injuries. This uh, lawsuit that they're trying to dig up. I don't want to get deep into yeah. the weeds here, but. I mean, it's interesting. Like a guy like Jonathan Taylor is like, listen, we kind of know you're not hurt. You know, right. you're on the Maybe. pup list, but we know you're not hurt. And but he has the ability. Um, he has the ability to not play in as many games. He can just play in six games. Sorry, that was what it was. Six games and still get a full season accrued. Oh. Um, and that's the contract money and everything. Yeah, and then he can. He will be a free agent next year if he doesn't uh, play in at least six games. He doesn't accrue a year towards. Um, towards his salary okay i mean gosh man so many intricacies here but we got a full list of games so let's keep going mm-hmm. what are these games dan that I, uh you know there's a method of my madness and sometimes we talk about a game so we can talk about games coming up titans okay. three browns 27 i picked this one over you dan yeah. i got you here Surprise. the browns with the big win at home it's the browns d man the, the browns d is a good d <laughs> five sacks garrett three and a half himself Deshaun uh, Watson's like, I told you. And you're like, no, not you, Deshaun. Yeah, that's not the D I'm talking about. Um, he, they got, he got Cooper going. There's no stats on the Titans side for this game. It was 13-3 to Browns at the half, and then it was all Browns the rest of the way. Held them to 94 yards of total offense. And we know the Titans' offense have problems, but that is Chicago Bears' that, problems. That's it's, problem. it's prolifically bad. Like, Ryan Tannehill had, we talked about it, Ryan Tannehill had a Ryan Tannehill-esque game yeah. last week. I was like, great, this is the formula, do this. And then they're like, nah, fuck it, we're just going to be truly, truly fucking awful. Yes, the Browns defense is pretty good. Honestly, Deshaun Watson had a pretty good game here too. you got to give him some credit there. 
you know, pretty accurate with the ball, not explosive. Um, but yeah, just living off what the fucking defense was giving him and, but he wasn't making mistakes, right? Wasn't doing a bad job. So, um, a lot of credit there where credit is due. I just, I don't understand how Ryan Tannehill fucked this up so badly. I just don't get it. I, I don't get how bad he was in this game. It was truly awful. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, he's outstate his welcome, and they're going to need to move on, but they need to... He, I don't know why the Titans do this every year. Like, he needs to bottom out for them to move on from him, but he hasn't finished a season, I don't think. Well, maybe two years ago? Last year he didn't, but I don't know. They, they seemed they were ready to move on from him then. Oh, yeah, it was two years ago when he didn't play in the playoffs because he yeah. was hurt or something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. I, so this is one of those... I mean, we had Josh Dobbs, right? Yeah, so, we, we, yeah. <laughs> The Josh Dobbs experiment. He's doing okay down there in Arizona. He's not doing, you know, <laughs> fuck me. Um, but a, another game like this for Ryan Tannehill, I don't know how you could say we can't do at least this well with the rookie, with Will Levis, or with Malik Willis. You yeah. know, just anybody. Like, at this point, Ryan Tannehill putting up games like this cannot be allowed to continue playing NFL football. Like, I, I'm so back and forth on Tannehill all the time because I just <laughs> I can't seem to get what the fuck he is, whether he's serviceable or whether he's completely washed because it happens week to week. I just don't get it. Yeah. And maybe that's the way to pick it. Maybe this is a this is going to be a great Tannehill week. It's dependent on the lineup, yeah. Well, yeah, it was so fucking terrible. But this year, this week he'll be fine because he was shit next week and then you don't pick Tannehill the week after. I don't know. We'll see. Well, this week, this is a nice segue. This week he's got the Bengals coming to town. And this is an interesting matchup because the Bengals, who knows what's going on with them. But I will pick them. I think the Bengals are obviously a better team and the Titans have a lot of problems. But uh, I don't know if Titans are going to hand it to the Bengals here in Tennessee in that new bright green carpet. So, But I'll take them. I'll take the Bengals. And I'm going to take the Titans. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, that we're going to have a, a bipolar Tannehill. And he comes um, back. And what did I just say is the Bengals' strong, uh, biggest weakness on, running on it, defense? Running with a big back. Run that motherfucker. Derrick Henry right through the fucking guards. I don't know what the Bengals are going to be able to do to stop it, uh, personnel-wise, barring injury. They're going to feast on that all day. Yeah. So I would not be shocked to see the Titans pull one out here. Um, puts the Bengals in a real bad situation being one and three. Um, but I think this is kind of a matchup nightmare for the Bengals, if I'm being honest. Because, like I said, Bengals have a really good secondary. Tannehill ain't throwing that ball. Yeah, you know, I mean... they got a real bad run defense. Derrick Henry can fucking march that thing down your throat. So... Um, I think it's going to be close, but I think the Titans actually wind up winning this one on the road. What you say is making sense. I'm just trying to picture me sitting here talking about Titans win next week. It's shocking. Oh, sorry. Titans at home. My apologies. It is at home. Since he has to come to them. That's right. I have it down that too. Yeah, it's 10 Tennessee. Um, Another one we can talk about, like I said, Method of the Madness, AFC North matchup, Ravens at Browns. This is another one that I I struggled over, and I I really like the Ravens coming into this year, but I think the Browns in their defense and the way they played the last couple weeks have won me over that I'm taking Cleveland at home in this one. So I see a lot of starters coming back for the Ravens. Okay. um, And I think that is the difference. I think the Ravens are a very talented team. They just cannot... I do too. Avoid being desperately injured every every fucking season. But if you get Odell Beckham Jr. back, if you get Rashad Bateman, if you get Justice Hill, if you get quality players Certainly back in that offensive yeah, lineup, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're 
you're going to find yourself a bit more successful. So I'm actually going to pick the Ravens in this game. So we're picking a lot different this week. Yeah, yeah, so far. So far we got a handful different. Let's talk about one we both picked, and we both picked correct. That was the Packers at home beating the Saints. It didn't look like it was going that way in the first half. 17 to nothing Saints all first half, and then 18 unanswered by the Packers. Uh, left three minutes left on there. Um, the uh, Saints had a chance to still pull out the win, but a 46-yarder missed uh, at the end. Uh, Olave, good game. Love threw his, I think, first interception of the year was there talking about? Like he was clean uh, till that yeah, one? Yeah, I think so. But this, I, not only was it 70 nothing in the half, of 70 nothing into the fourth quarter, and uh, Saints blew it. Or did the Packers come back and win? What do you think, Dan? Uh, I think the Saints would have won this game if Derek Carr had stayed healthy. Yes, Carr went out. We saw Jameis Winston for the second, ha- well, third quarter on uh, shoulder injury for Carr. They say it's not devastating, but I don't know how quickly went to the hospital. Back. He did go to the went hospital. To the hospital, Jeez. yeah, with an AC. It's an AC sprain, is what they're saying. Um, I just you could see the life kind of leave the Saints offense mm-hmm. after Carr was gone, and it's not like Carr was has been tearing it up all year and. If you look half to half statistically, uh, Carr and Winston were kind of the same fucking guy, but the offense wasn't running quite as well. Does that James, make sense? James is this big guy and just looks like he's throwing the ball down into the feet of these receivers and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, he's not nearly as sharp as Carr is. I mean, I, I'm not saying that Carr is like a fucking no, you know, 90 rating quarterback, but Jameis is like a 78 at this point in his career and Carr's an 85. Mm. So it's a noticeable difference. One's a B player, one's a C player. Um, and when you lose a game by one point, you have to kind of chuck it down to that. I think Derek Carr definitely gets the Saints three points in the second half, you know? At least, and, yeah. Yeah, it makes this fucking impossible for Jordan Love to come back. That being said, got to give it to the Packers here. Jordan Love, not his best game, but... Stayed with that shit. Learned from the devil himself how to rip the heart out of a, a team yep. with a fucking late comeback. So, yep. yeah, just fucking brutal. I really would be fucking furious if Jordan Love turns out to be good. Oh no! I mean, listen, you're he, talking he doesn't to look here. bad. He doesn't look bad. Well, and, and so that's bad this enough. Is still a Packers team missing Aaron Jones and missing uh, um, the wide receiver they drafted Christian last Watson. year, Watson. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of stars are, are so considered on their team still not ready to play. So, yeah, big issues of the Packers coming out with wins. I do think the Saints are playing to their competition a little bit. Every game's been tight, close down to the wire. Uh, games they could win or lose on a coin flip. Um, what is it? Who does that remind you of? Anyways. Um, Saints not embarrassing, though. Have not been embarrassing. No, no. Year. And I think they're exactly where I thought they were, where they would be competitive mm-hmm. in this division and I thought it would be like the the Falcons that keep up with them. I didn't think everybody would keep up with them, but the Panthers. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Saints are gonna have an argument for as long as Carr comes back. You know, as long as we don't get the Winston shove from here on out. Yeah, um, they'll be pesky. Is yeah. the way I would describe this. Kamara should be season. coming back for healthy or off of suspension uh, soon. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the Lions win. They beat the Falcons. Um, we. Yeah, we're trying to give the Lions the credit for where credit's due, and, and this is looking good because the Falcons were a team that were going to be pesky. We both picked the Lions in this game, but I didn't think they would. the defense would crush them as well as they did here. Uh, keeping them out of the end zone, it would, really no stats for the Falcons. Lions had seven sacks themselves in this one. Everyone got involved. 
Yeah, this uh, Desmond Ritter did not look good. <laughs> Desmond Ritter looked unwell. Um, I'm this not is an Arthur Smith Ritter. team that they want. They want to run the ball. That's just what they want to do. Yeah. If if you are a veteran quarterback next year, if you're a Kirk Cousins type that might be available next off season, take oh, him boy. now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? I fucking nickels? I you know just take the fucking money. Not like um, we're doing anything with them. Yeah, that's fair. But if you're a veteran quarterback, you look at this Falcons team. You go, okay, the defense isn't great, but it's the offense is full of skill position players that are just not being maximized yeah. by a quarterback that doesn't seem to be able to read the defense as well, get the ball out on time. You know, he's not fucking in rhythm. He doesn't have great arm strength. There's no like. This is the epitome of a third-round quarterback who's like third-round game manager quarterback. Yeah, you know, but he's not—he's not veteran enough to make all the smart decisions. So he's still making dumb decisions while not being as physically capable as you need from a guy in this position. Yeah, that's the weird thing I'm seeing about Ritter. He's there's no pizzazz, there's no um, excitement there. But even you know, I I watched Christian Ponder for a handful of years. Um he made some plays with his feet and stuff like that. You can't even expect that out of Ritter. So it's like, what is he adding to this team other than youthfulness? And I guess everybody likes the guy. Like it just seems like that. Well, you hope for a guy that everybody likes. It's like, okay, well maybe he'll elevate the play of his teammates. But unfortunately this team requires a quarterback to put them into good positions so that people aren't just dropping eight into the fucking box all the time. Yeah. You know, eight or nine in the box. That's that's not what you want. So Desmond Ritter doesn't challenge defenses. You need a you need a quarterback that can at least challenge a defense. And I mean, you got guys just dying on the vine like Kyle Pitts and Drake London. You know, they're not getting targets, they're not getting receptions. It's just not good. It sucks. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and we talked about um I don't know if you saw the stat, the Saints haven't dropped a ball all year. Yes, you're right. Good stat. That's you see a good that? stat. Yeah. Saints haven't dropped a ball all year. I don't think the Falcons went more than a quarter without dropping a ball. <laughs> so it well then that's you know, not on Ritter if they're dropping well, these are drafts. It, it kinda sometimes it is. You mm. know, we talk about those we talk about those interceptions that aren't the quarterback's fault, and we talk about drops that aren't necessarily the wide receiver's fault. Yeah. You know, you're throwing it in, the guy's trying to make a big play gets his hands on it, but lo and behold, it's a drop because you fucking made him do a backflip to catch the thing. Desmond Ritter's just not putting dudes in the right spot, and it's showing up on the stat line. It's showing up in the win column. And so, you know, Atlanta and 2-1, and one, I think they're happier than they thought they would be. But I think you look at Desmond Ritter and you go, how much better do we get? I don't know if you do. I think you're probably at your plateau right now. All right. Well, then let's talk about the Lions, and let's talk about them in terms of we get to see them next in Green Bay. It's Thursday night football. It's Lions at Packers. Uh, here, I think so far in this very early season, the Lions have looked like a better team between these two. I think they look like they have more talent and they could put up more points, and the Packers are this young, blooming offense trying to figure it out. They're getting better and better. They haven't put together a full game yet like the, i've seen the lions do at least twice um and even the loss to the uh seahawks were, was close a lot of points just gave up too much on defense all that being said it's thursday night it's in lambo there's i know they beat them there on the nighttime one last time but this is a short week turnaround big game i say the packers win this one i'm taking green bay on the short thursday night 
you know I don't like taking away teams on Thursday night. And this is one of those two where I like I'm struggling on this pick, but I was like, no, I, I got to take Packers at home on a short week. And I got to take Lions. If there's one thing that I learned this weekend watching that fucking Cardinals-Cowboys game is when one team is treating this like it's their fucking Super Bowl, it changes the tenor of the play. The Lions are going into this with blood in the water, feeling like we are tied with the Packers. We can make a huge fucking difference in the shape of our season if we start out 3-1 and one with a divisional win against the fucking Packers. It, I mean, Green Bay too. This is kind oh, of yeah. for the division. I mean, who's but, competing with these two right now? <laughs> but the Lions aren't hurt, and Green Bay's hurt. There's got to be a part of yeah. me that's like, all right, do we rush back Jones? Do we rush Watson back? And Or do we take this Thursday, do the best that we can with the guys we have available? Hey, we lose this game. That's fine. We got 10 more days before we have to play another one. That's good rest to get into you know, the heart of the season, the meat of the schedule. So I don't think they're going to rush back quality players, and that's going to cost them. Well, Aaron Jones is questionable. Watson's questionable. Jones has <laughs> been questionable Alexander's for two weeks. Questionable. Uh, out is uh, Bakhtiari and Ellen Jenkins, though. But has Bakhtiari played it yet this season? Not this season, no. He's like, is he injured or is he... Uh... He's David Bakhtiari. He doesn't fucking play anymore. <laughs> and when he does, he plays at a moderate level for two quarters and then he explodes. Complains about it being turf. Anyways, all right then. Um, yeah, we got a handful of games that are opposite did, this week. Did you we just got... read that injury report and rethink your pick? <laughs> no, no, no. I just wanted to see everybody that's down there. It's still a short week. I'm going to just go with the Thursday one not try to overthink this. You know, Lions haven't won nothing yet, so... Unfortunately, oh, Bakhtiari did start the the opener. Okay, I don't. I like. I, I, I think I'm gonna go for the Lions in this scenario. I can't cheer for the Packers and anything like that. But yeah, cover my losses here by picking the Packers, and it's win win then for me on whatever happens Fair. on Thursday. Uh, let's talk about one that neither of us saw coming. We didn't pick it. That's the Houston Texans beating the Jaguars by twenty thirty seven seventeen. Um, Stroud, best game so far of his young career. Two Looked touchdowns. Good. He got uh, the rookie tank Dell going with 145 and a tutty. And then Fairbanks, three field goals. Um, this is another Jaguars loss, two in a row. It doesn't feel good. It was all Texans, uh, 17 nothing at half. Jaguars did bring it within a touchdown late third quarter and then give up that awful kickoff return to their fullback back of the uh was he fullback i thought it was a linebacker they said fullback when on the uh the broadcast but i never looked up even his la- first name and just know it's beck <laughs> that's fine. just a while yeah that was a really embarrassing and i think it's it's like a backbreaker that early i mean there was still a whole quarter left but when you see that happen to you after you fight it all the way back being down by so much just hurts just hurts yeah i this also weirdly felt like a trap game. You know what I mean? Where the Jacksonville Jaguars were like, hey man, we're at home. And yeah, we had a tough loss against the Chiefs. But I just you know don't what? know if the, the Texans, Texans. Yeah, I just don't know if the Texans can be good or not. I just don't know. Well, they're not going to be good, but <laughs> they're going to be spunky and building the right fucking system in here. You know, this, no one hired D'Amico Ryan's being like, we're going to need the division this year. You know, he he didn't it's say... It's the South. It's the AFC yeah, it's South. Yeah, sure, you never know. But they didn't draft C.J. Stroud and 
uh, draft uh, fucking Will Anderson with pick number two and three, thinking this is our year. Right. That's no just way. not the way that works. A game like this, if you're a Texans fan, watching this from C.J. Stroud, who got a lot of heat in the offseason. People like, he's an Ohio State quarterback. Fuck this dude. He's going to be shitty. We liked C.J. Stroud coming out. I mean, in fairness, we also fucking liked the kid in Chicago. But, you know, I like Josh Rosen too, so fuck me. Mm. But we liked C.J. Stroud. He has looked, if this is what you're going to get out of C.J. Stroud, you're a very happy Texans team. You've got to be very excited, especially with a guy like Tank Dell. Um I'm not seeing nearly enough John Mechie for for my taste, uh, but I think he's still kind of getting rolling. Looking at this Texans offense, it is young, it is inexperienced, but it is doing everything it can to be competitive every week, and that's all you can ask from a team like the Texans. Very exciting that they're off the fucking schneid. You know, that's not going to be a winless season. Um, I think they may win three or four more games, and uh, I think that's enough for a season like this. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that encourages a fan base, absolutely. Um, the Jaguars, this nobody was going to hand you this division. You had to win these type of games, especially the home divisional ones against the teams that are building, they're supposed to be building. So now, yeah, you start to worry because if you can't win these, teams like the Colts or, uh, you know, whatever spunky Texans that come around here might just take it from you and then you're left in the cold. So... The windows that you have when you're paying the quarterbacks on the rookie contract like Lawrence are small. Mm -hmm. And then you have to decide if he's due the highest paid whatever that everybody else is getting. You know, Herbert's already got his first big raise, right? We talked to, didn't Herbert? Yeah. And he hasn't hasn't, hasn't won anything. yet on the salary cap. Sure. But it's going to for the Chargers. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't done anything yet. And that's where we're at with Lawrence, and it's going to come up here in the next year. So I don't know. There's a lot on this. Everything set up for the Jaguars' year that they're one and two in. And I don't want to go well, negative think, on the Jaguar news here. Rawr, rawr. Rawr, rawr. Here we are. But these are these are the sort of wake up call games you do need yeah. too. I mean, I'm I, I really am just speaking as a Cowboys fan right now. <laughs> Sometimes you need a wake up. Sometimes game, man. you gotta just, wake up. Wake up. Wake the fuck up. God, don't <laughs> it's be just dead. A bad just dream. wake up. Just wake up, God! Wake up, please! <laughs> don't don't let me do this in Arizona. Uh, you've you've got to say, hey, we thought this was going to be a cupcake. We thought the Texans were going to be shitty because we saw the film and they looked shitty. And then they're like, nope, this is a divisional game, and divisional games are always fucking weird. Yeah. And C.J. Stroud throwing to wide open fucking dunes, blown coverages that you could see the Texans were viewing this like their fucking Super Bowl. They just needed to be the best they could be for 60 minutes. They did it. I think the next time the Jaguars play the Texans, they're probably going to trounce the motherfuckers. But this was great for the Texans to build their morale. Um, And I think this is actually going to wind up being a good thing for the Jaguars of like, hey, you know, maybe watch the fucking film even if you think the team is bad. Do a better job. Yeah. Um, Speaking of waking up Jaguars and waking up NFL fans, you're going to have to wake up pretty early in the morning because it is time for the first London game. The Jaguars and their home away from home begins this weekend on the pitch. Falcons at Jaguars, London. This kicks off 8.30 a.m. with biscuits and gravy for you Central Standard 
fans. Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's very Southern. NFL Network is streaming this, but what I mean, what else is streaming this apparently is Disney Plus, and this is my plan to watch <laughs> this because I don't have NFL Network or anything, and I have to like bootleg it, but I guess I'm watching a Disney Plus. They say they're going to do it live with like a Toy Story-like theme to it. It's going to be a Toy Story layover. Layover, which I don't... It's going to be like superimposed. Like you're going to be watching them as like I Toy get Story the thing Pixar. Nickelodeon did, but I don't know, understand how they can actually do it with them as like players like they were showing in the commercials. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they actually do this. I'm intrigued, man. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Uh, you mean tea and biscuits? Um, what did Instead I say? Of biscuits and gravy. Gravy. It's a different type of gravy over there, obviously. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. That that European by by European gravy, you meant tea. If they have it's tea that thick. early it's an in English the morning, breakfast. which is not morning for them. It's it's a normal kickoff for them. No, they're normal. They're like ah, it's, it's fucking like two thirty like in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, this is exciting because if if you do have a, a way to turn on football super early in the morning, it's always fun too. And the Jaguars. It's their home away from home, so I of it's course a home am, game. Yep, I of course I'm taking the Jaguars in London. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, you know I'm not going to pick you different here, just because the Falcons. I'd spent too much time shitting on the Falcons and too much time saying the Jaguars are going to wake up to do anything but pick <laughs> the Jaguars here. I get that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a home team. They're comfortable with it. Almost every player on this roster has experienced what it is to play in London. Right. You know that not so for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, they know what this is. They like the entire franchise knows how to comport themselves on these international trips. That's a distinct advantage. It's almost akin to being home on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, so I I give a little edge there to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, you you know you, you say Desmond Ritter plays slow. How slow can he play with jet lag? Let's find out. Um, <laughs> That's what we we want to see a jet lag Desmond Ritter. Just he's God, just sign f- me up for this at eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> Falling asleep back there as you guys as you are too. You're like I'm trying to watch this, but Desmond Ritter's putting me to sleep. Um, just in case you guys are falling asleep, take a break. Go get yourself, uh, um, you know, a coffee or whatever to need to stay awake. And when you return, yeah, go get some English gravy. That's right, English gravy and those biscuits that they're always talking about. Which I hear they're very fluffy and buttery. Um, <laughs> I mixed it all with all of the nations. When we return, all the fast games that we can just push through in our two minute no offense and the rest of them from week three. Um, you see that we left our losses, and so we tuck them far, far, far away later in this in this episode. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to stick around for our uh, hatred and uh, and suffering. And, yes, thank you. This is the push off. We're back from the break. It's time to push through four games that it was tough to watch. That's right, everybody. It's time for the two-minute no offense. Because no offense, maybe you spent most of your week visiting Miami just getting twerked on by Miami 10s instead of watching any fucking game film whatsoever. Holy shit, what the fuck happened? What's your question? 
<laughs> oh my god. Good lord, that was terrible. Sean Payton couldn't happen to a better better uh-huh. dude. Uh, I'm ready. All right. And the clock. And ready but go. The let's go all the way back to Thursday where the Niners took care of the Giants pretty easily. Twelve to thirty. Um this the score even feels closer than the game was. Seventeen to six, 49ers at the half. Early third yeah. quarter, it did get up to twelve to seventeen. That's the closest it got. Yeah, this was a drubbing. This was, uh, you know, you could almost feel like they were taking their foot off the gas a little bit, and then they're like, ah, no, oh, you're too close, fuck you, and they just just decided to put their boot on the throat. And that's what you look for for a good team against a former playoff caliber team in the New York Giants. So. You know, getting beaten up by the Colts. Oh, sorry, getting beaten up by the Cowboys and the 49ers in the same season. That's tough. Tough for the Giants, yeah. Uh, and now we're at this one. <laughs> Dolphins 20. Or no, Broncos 20. Dolphins <laughs> 70. 70. Every time you looked Could have been worse. More points, yeah. Could have been more. They had 70 with eight minutes left in this game. Ugh, um, the uh, Dolphins put on 726 yards, second oh most in NFL history. How was Sean Payton not fired immediately after this game? How was Russell Wilson not immediately released? I mean, this was fucking embarrassing. Still paying the previous coach and all of the first-round draft picks for these guys. They really can't get rid of them so fast. Glad this fucking place is owned by Walmart. Go. Yeah, they're in a lot of trouble. Uh, The Bills take care of the Commanders. Yep, speaking of owned by Mm -hmm. Walmart, 37-3. to Yeah, this one, um, Sam Howell did not look good. Um, he had been kind of a Cinderella story and crashed back down to earth. The Bills look good. The Bills look good, and they they seem like they're really angry. It was 16 nothing Bills of the half. Could have been a whole lot more. They settled for a lot of oh, field yeah. goals until they put it away. And then finally, the uh, you know the big Swifty game, Bears 10, Chiefs 21. I think the Bears were there, but I know Taylor was there. I am honestly shocked the Bears scored any fucking points in this game whatsoever. 30, they were so bad. 34 nothing so Chiefs at the half. Uh, Travis Kelsey jerseys have spiked 400% oh, since this game. Uh, it's funny they talked about it. Uh, not to plug another podcast, you probably listened to it as well. In the Heights, uh, or sorry, The Heights, the one with the Kelsey brothers. Mm, I don't, not it's, every time, but yeah, what do they say? It's good. I listened to this one. Um, it used to be that Jason Kelsey was the number one jersey with women in the NFL. Oh. And now, this past week, it's Travis. become Travis Kelsey. So <laughs> the Kelsey brothers very, uh, you know, have a lot of female fans. Look at that. Uh, people feeling real good about them. So. And that's yeah, good for the, the sport, so I'm okay with that. The Bears are so fucking bad, dude. Oof. They're so fucking bad. And it's, Fields yeah. is toast. It's getting joking. I mean, it's, it's getting, like, laughably bad there, and the only good thing... As a Bears fan, if you can get through this, and I, I know we have some Bears fans that listen to it, and I know you guys don't think I'd think about you, but if you want, uh, you're my friends. This might mean the end of the McCaskey shit. This might come to the end of it, you know, oh, if it gets so that bad. We've talked about this, right? Arlington Heights, right? Yep, yeah. The McCaskies can't afford this. They can't afford this. They've got Bears money. That's it, which is good money. You'd think it's good money. But it's only good money if you came with money. Okay. You know, money begets money. The McCaskies aren't fucking loaded. You know, these aren't billionaire McCaskies. I think these are multi-millionaire McCaskies, which in NFL owner circles is like poverty level. <laughs> you know, it's the when you look at the fucking Raiders, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, you made your money on football, but you never, you can't infuse it with new funds. They need to sell this fucking franchise. Yeah. They need to. Virginia and George are fucking 
terrible. They've got to they've got to go because this is. I looked at the stats. The stats between Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields in their first, what was it, forty saw, games? I saw this. Fields is worse. How the, is he worse? The touchdowns are the same, and Fields' is, uh, rushing yards rushing. are better. And every other stat, he's worse. Every other stat. I, I was flabbergasted. I was flabbergasted. I was like, I remember Trubisky being like laughably bad. Yeah. And then I remember that. Oh yeah, for the past year, Justin Fields has been laughably bad. If he doesn't do something, it like if he's blaming the coaching that he's playing too stiff, go out there. And J.J. Watts talked about this when he was a, a rookie. He said, I was fucking up because yeah. I wasn't listening, and I didn't play the way I was used to playing, and I didn't play the way they wanted to play, and I couldn't figure out how they wanted me to play, so I just said, fuck it, I'm going to play like I play. Justin Fields has got to do that because if you don't, if he doesn't, he's going to be out of a job next year. No one's going to want him. So if anything, go out there, be the explosive, interesting Justin Fields we saw last year, not whatever this moribund cadaver we've been seeing for the past three weeks has been. Get me something fucking exciting, dude. This is your opportunity against a Denver team that just fucking 70 points on them. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Do something, Justin. There you go. You, you let into it. Um, one of my dad's sayings, when things go bad, they can only get worse. Broncos at Bears is a game that the NFL's feeding us this week. Um, who boy. And talk about teams uh, at the bottom, and it can only get better from here? I don't know. Yeah. Now for the team that loses. Um, I'm taking the Broncos on the road here because they at least showed up week one. I don't know. That was at home against a bad Raiders team, but I haven't seen anything from the Bears yet. So I am going to take... The resurgence of Justin Fields. Yeah, okay. You know I'm not a Bears fan, but I'm going to take a Bears team at home. You know Justin Fields is eating nothing but shit <laughs> all week. Yeah. All week. He's not traveling. He's not able to get away from this Chicago hype. One of two things is going to happen. He's either going to have the fucking game of the year for Justin Fields, or he's going to lose the starting job. Well, Those are the two things we'll know by halftime. Last week was a nightmare for Chicago, so maybe they do... Keep it clear this year, uh, this week. And then on the uh, other side of the coin, you know, when you get the bad games, you get the good ones too. Dolphins at Bills week four. Ooh, exciting. The uh, AFC East on the line here. Um, check the weather in Buffalo because I felt like that was the important <laughs> thing for this one. It's going to be 75 and sunny, so give me Miami Dolphins winning on the road. I think Josh Allen makes some mistakes here. I think Josh Allen is in... Uh, murder mode right now. <laughs> I think Buffalo at home, I think, ends Miami's dominant streak. Also, Miami's looking at this film that they just played against uh, Denver, and they're learning nothing. You know, <laughs> they're learning nothing. They're just like, oh, we'll just be wide open. We'll throw to fucking dudes. I think Buffalo has been absolutely roasting people recently. I know that, obviously, Miami just torched the Denver Broncos. But I think Buffalo at home is ready for this. I think if it was in Miami, I'd be I'd be picking Miami as well. Um, but I'm going to take Buffalo at home to end one of the undefeateds at uh, three and one. Buffalo, yeah, did lose to Miami just the one time that they played them three times last year, and that was the one in Miami early. Heated mm-hmm. one. They were all exhausted by the end of the game, but it was a wild one. So I can't wait for this one. But it does look like it's going to be nice out. So I don't think Miami's going to have a problem. I mean, it's a trip up there, but. They know it. it's a divisional matchup. They got to know it. Got to go be ready for it. Okay. True. 
Let's talk about uh, Sunday night football. The Steelers beating the Raiders. Dan, you picked this one over me. Helped yeah. you out there. Steelers 23, uh, Raiders 18. It was cl- tight. It was a little bit uh, tighter, uh, even though it was 23-7. to seven Steelers into the fourth quarter. So I guess the score wasn't as tight as, as the game was. Or the score was tighter than the game was. Because um, the Raiders had a chance with 242 left in this game, down by eight. And choose to kick a 26-yard field goal. <laughs> I don't know. I I understand the logic. You do? Okay, explain the logic. The logic is we're going to kick a field goal, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to get the ball back, with tw- and we're going to score a touchdown. <laughs> and we'll win instead of tying it after going after getting a touchdown and going for two and maybe missing. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you think about it for a little bit. You remove your head from the dead center of your asshole. <laughs> yeah. And you go, oh, right. That's dumb as fuck. It doesn't make Because no. <laughs> you're looking at this situation. You go, oh, well, you know, we kick the field goal, and then if we get a touchdown, we win. Well, guess what, motherfucker? If you score a touchdown and you go for two and you get it, you tie the game. And if you go for two and you don't get it, <sighs> You're only back by two points. And, and then guess what a field goal does? Win. Yes. It I wins the fucking game. I don't... I Other than him completely misunderstanding eight points and a difference of eight, I don't understand it. I don't understand it because you, you can't say uh, we need it. He said even in the pros, something about, well, we had to get the ball back anyways to get ahead. It's like, yeah, but it's a tie. You get more yeah, you, time yeah. if it gets to the end of the game with a. You understand how overtime works? Like, uh, no. He had to have not understood the score. I don't get it. I I mean, he might just be a pompous dickhead. You know, we we yeah. can't forget that. Like, your defense has been doing really well, right? So, like the, you put the pressure on the defense. Put the pressure on the Steelers' defense. They the literally the series before, right? They had a 15-play drive. 15 plays. That that Steelers defense was fucked up. Yeah. And then the Steelers come out and basically go five and out, right? And they then they get the ball any, back. Yeah, that fourth quarter, it would look like they were going to get handed over. Yeah, they get the ball back, and they get the ball back in great position. Great position. And when do they... And, and it's third and four. Sure, the pass is incomplete, but also, why are you passing in that situation you, when it's four down territory? Yeah. Run the fucking ball, get it to fourth and two, and then make them defend the whole fucking field. And if you don't get it, guess what? Pittsburgh has the ball at their own fucking eight or their six. And that's a really tough position for fourth, them to be in offensively. Fourth and three. It was a fourth and three. It wasn't a what long one. Yeah, it wasn't a fourth and 12, a goal from the 12 or whatever. I don't get it. I don't get it. You don't, you're not on-site kicking to kick the field goal later thing or touchdown home. You know, heck, I don't, it then none of if it If you makes turn sense. the ball over on downs, you have Pittsburgh inside their 10. You're going to get the ball back because they're not going to want to take a fucking safety right. and give you the ball back. So they're not going to be doing a bunch of weird elaborate shit. They're going to run the ball at you. They're going to try to take the time down and you'll probably get that ball back if you can just defend the run three times. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Josh McDaniels is a fucking idiot. 
Anyway, so that's why they lost. That's why they lost Josh McDaniels being an idiot. And the Steelers, with the win, go to Houston this week, playing the Texans as we move through these games. Um, I'm not thinking Houston pulls the other two in a row, so I'm taking Pittsburgh on the road. I'm going to do the same thing. It looks like T.J. Watt is back to being ferocious. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a former defensive player of the year, and it wasn't too long ago, and he looks really good right now. Oh, yeah, his stats so, to start this season is, like, astronomical. Six sacks already and a touchdown and something. Yeah. Like, he's done something that no one's done in the first three games already. It's nuts. The stats are good. The production's probably better. When you watch the film, you're like, oh, my God, this yeah. fucking guy is flying around. Now, you could say that he hasn't faced, you know, top-flight talent. Um, which I think is probably true. But still, you know, you fucking beat the guys they put in front of you, and that's what T.J. Watt is doing. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about Pittsburgh's prospects, and uh, I think Pittsburgh beats the Texans. All right, then, Dan, let's continue and show why you're catching up with me in the picks a little bit. The Chargers beating the Vikings 28-24. to You did get this one on me, too. Herbert lit it up, 400-plus yards, three touchdowns. Keenan Allen, 18 catches, over 200 yards. Uh, my fantasy team. Oh, well, Happy about that, yeah, too. Good, yeah, welcome to there. Uh, yeah, a lot of people, fantasy should have blown up this this week if you had some Dolphins oh, and yeah. some of these guys. But uh, Devon Achan, we didn't even talk about him. It was in the two-minute no That's right. Yeah, we'll keep going. And you know what? We did scout him this year. We did, and he apparently, his pronunciation, as we are big on pronunciations, it's Achan. Achan. Yeah, sorry, Devon Achan. Achan, yeah. So anyways, um, this one, like Vikings were getting no pressure on them, so they blitzed and blitzed and, and paid for it, and that's what this game was. Uh, but they were in it, and it came down to the very, very end. But if you want to know, uh, so far, the Vikings 2023 season in one play, it was the uh, Palmer touchdown that went right off the cornerback's hands, uh, should have been intercepted, del- Bounced off it and into his hands for a touchdown. That's that's how the season has gone so far for the Vikings. It is the complete other side of the coin from 2022. That's what we're seeing. It, it re- I mean, you keep losing these, and I can't even imagine how that feels. Uh, it's to go from it's kind of 2021. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, maybe next year. Uh, yeah. You know. Well, here's the thing. Maybe you lose every game this year. You go 0 and 17. <laughs> Sorry. You go 0-17, you lose every one by one possession. You draft Caleb Williams, number uh-huh. one overall. You proceed to go 17-0 and and win every game uh, by one possession. So, you know, if, that wouldn't be the worst. If that's thing. the plan, if that's the uh, the script, let it be so. Um, yeah. What Kevin is O'Connell's like, yeah, right, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that. And I, too, if, if O'Connell was offered, like, you have uh, – Two seasons of amazing luck and tor- and terrible luck. He's like, yeah, put the put the amazing luck first. Let me give me some mm-hmm. some some rope to hang myself. Um, this is wild because Cousins is like leading the league in in a uh, yards. Jefferson's leading the league in, in receiving yards. Uh, Hunter is second in the league in sacks. He's got five already this season, and they can't buy a win. Um, the game was tight, but it felt like they were kind of playing catch up a lot of this game um they did take the lead a couple times but gave it up most every other time and then the you got it the one thing was chargers didn't want to win it either in this game no fourth and one from the 24 and the coach deciding he's going to sneak it there or you know go for it on a fourth and one they don't get it it should have cost them the game but uh Kirk gets it all the way down there. 
for whatever reason, he can't hear the play after the, the conversion. They, they rush it in there. They don't spike the ball. He chucks it in to Hawkinson, but it's in his hands, and it just kind of scoops out the other side and intercepts it in the end zone, and, and that's how we see the end. So, yeah, the Viking, I, Vikings had three first and goals from the Chargers' six-yard line or inside, and they got three total points from those. Yeah, I didn't understand the Kirk thing. Where it's like you you literally are going to get three shots if you spike at this. it. Yeah, if you spike it, you get three shots at this. Easy. Three, maybe. I mean, may, fuck. You might be able to get four shots at this. And they could have set up another play. And yeah. Oh yeah, there was just so many, so many different opportunities. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, is that just Kirk Cousins folding under pressure? Is that what that is? Because I, I'm not looking at the sideline for a fucking signal. I'm, I'm saying, hey, I got 42 seconds left. I just got a new set of downs. I'm gonna get three shots at this fucking thing rather than one shot. I know that they call two plays. Obviously, there's a second play called, but also he was holding his hands to his ears like he was trying to get a play in to the headset or something. Like they were trying to talk to him. So I, in my head, they're giving him a play. So I think they told him to run something, and that was the choice there. And I almost think nine times out of ten, Hawkinson brings that in, and we're talking about a win. But that's the way this season's gone so far. So, Sorry, buddy. I mean, the other thing is is it doesn't go down to a play. Just like everybody's been talking True. about the, yeah. the Giants one and the short pass to Hawkinson that Cousins threw in the playoffs last year. It doesn't come down to that. It comes down to you can't give up uh, 215 yards to Keenan Allen then 121 to Mike Williams on the other side and expect to win the game. I know you that you can't give up a passing touchdown to Keenan Allen. Right, let alone Yeah, yeah, he threw one. Yeah, yeah. Uh Mike Williams tore his ACL in this one. That's unfortunate. He's done for the season. Uh that means we'll see more Quentin Johnson probably. Mm-hmm. Josh other, Palmer, Quentin Johnson. Yeah, Josh that's Palmer. Still pretty good one, two, three, if I'm being honest about the wide receivers. And this is a Chargers team that put up a lot of yards and a lot of points without Austin Eckler. So Chargers should be a team to 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 actually make a turn here and, and get back into this. And uh, if that's all I want to talk about in those Vikings game, then Chargers are playing the Raiders this weekend. Uh, Raiders, I don't know who the QB is going to be right now. In fact, there's been rumor that it could be the rookie Aiden O'Connell to get the start there. Don't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm obviously taking the Chargers. Yeah, same here. Uh, the Chargers are a better team. Raiders seem stupid um, <laughs> and also not as talented. So, yeah, I'm going to go Chargers. Maybe the Raiders are tanking in this weird way. Uh I I know that uh, um, Adams, Jamal, uh, Jamal Adams, uh, Devontae Adams does Devontae. not like that. He's getting pretty tired of this and wants uh, this to change, as, as the social media has been saying. But, hey, the Raiders are moving on, and uh, they got their own plans, I guess. So, yeah, we're both taking the charges in that one. couple more to talk about then, Dan, from last week. Let's talk about Panthers-Seahawks. So the Seahawks won at home. We both picked it. Dalton played the start here and looked pretty good. 361 yards. He did. Two touchdowns. Got 11 passes to Thielen for 144 and a touchdown. But the Seahawks could run it all over him with Walker. Metcalf was a game-time decision and put up over 100 yards and a bunch of field goals from Myers. The game was tied at the first half. Panthers made it a game, but uh, the uh, talent outlasted in the second half. Yeah, I... I don't think anybody's looking at Andy Dalton being like, yeah, you're you're the fucking dude going forward. <laughs> um, but you do see the difference between a solid 
solid starter versus like a guy with a high upside like Bryce Young. Sure. You know, you can kind of see those differences. I still don't think the Panthers are very good. Um, I thought they were going to be better than they are. Um, that defense taking as many hits as, you know, losing Shaq is a fucking huge thing back there. Um, but yeah, I, I think they'll be very happy um, if they win four games this year. Uh, kind of in that same spot with the Texans. I just don't, uh, I don't see it happening anytime soon is the issue. And that's good news for you. Yeah, yeah. Vikings at Panthers is this weekend. Um, I would say uh, that I, I am more comfortable if Bryce Young comes back. And the news that just came out today is that he's heading back to practice and, and looks like he's heading back to maybe playing. I don't quite know the injury he's dealing with. Um, ankle? I thought it was ankle. Okay. Yeah, I didn't quite catch it it just seemed to come out of nowhere and then they're like he could miss a couple games uh so we'll see if dalton plays i'm i'm less likely to do it but no here's what i think i think vikings fuck around and find out i I think they're playing with bad teams and they're finding ways to lose at the end games in carolina uh panthers win it i'm picking the panthers wow yeah i told you man i told you i'm done with this you're you're in a death spiral that's that's right that's right i just think it's this is what we're at now, and this is the the mess that we're in. Why not let it continue? I think Minnesota is not a bad team. I, I don't think Minnesota, either, but I've seen is talented, and I think that is the difference. I mean, they've played talented teams so far this year, I guess. right? I don't know. I didn't think Tampa should have been. They've been at home twice in these ones, and they they can't pull True. it out. So I don't know if Tampa they have, was a surprise. Have but aside from that, you played good teams. And yeah, I think I think Minnesota wins this one on the road, man. I think Carolina goes 0 and 4. I don't think that shocks Carolina, you know. Should, but I think right. Carolina goes 0 and 4 to start the season. I bet I mean, I looked at it, but I decided I think early on last week that this one was going to go. Uh, Monday night football is Seahawks at Giants. The Giants getting more uh, primetime games if if their fans are still watching them. Uh this one's going to be tough though Seahawks on a prime time, I don't think that I'm worried about the cross country thing with the extra day. So give me Seattle. I think the Giants have a lot of problems. I'm right there with you. Uh, this could be weird though, just because, as you said, it is across the country. Uh, that's never a favorite thing for them to do. But the Seahawks have looked really good, and Geno has looked really good. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take these Giants to lose at home and go one and three to start the season. Brian Dable is going to have a stroke. <laughs> I don't. Nobody wants that. Fucking guy is furious, and I love it because I look at myself and I'm like, "That's what I look like when I'm angry." I see it now. <laughs> um, all right. Well, speaking of being angry, Dan, this was probably what you looked like then on Sunday. We we waited until this moment to talk about it. Cowboys sixteen, Cardinals twenty eight. None of us picked it. We didn't see it happening. Cardinals uh, had the lead at half, twenty one to ten, and uh, Cowboys just kind of kept stalling out in that red zone. So we talked about the Ravens missing a lot of key players. Right. Yep. Cowboys are missing three starters on the offensive line. Yeah. Cowboys had Trayvon Diggs go down with a season-ending knee injury the Thursday, which is like your fucking install and walkthrough day. This was a flat Dallas Cowboys team. Absolutely flat. We worked really well as an offense in between the 20s. We looked great. And then you get into the red zone, and God damn it, we looked like shit. We had no original plays. We got no good ideas. We got no targets. We got, you know, bad fucking decision-making. 
we had every opportunity to win this game and are clearly a better team than the Arizona Cardinals. You also can't allow over 200 yards of rushing up the middle of your fucking defense. Um, somebody made a great point that it looked like the Cowboys were trying to pad stats in the first half. Yeah. That they're like, hey, you know, pin your ears back, go sack Josh Dobbs, go get like fucking nine sacks because this is a bad team. And that team proceeded to run down their fucking throat. Yeah. This team was not ready. This team was undisciplined. We had more penalties than we've had in fucking years. And McCarthy always kind of struggled with penalties. We looked fucking awful. However, missing a lot of players, bad emotional injury, playing a team that treated this like their fucking Super Bowl. If you saw Gannon, he got a fucking Gatorade bath yeah, yeah. at the end of it. His team was fucking thrilled for him. Good for Gannon. This is going to be a blip on the fucking Cowboys season. This is going to be a weird thing that we look back on in 10 weeks and go, what the fuck happened there, right? Like, how could they have dropped that game to Arizona? This is a much better team. I think they're going to continue to be a really good team. Um, I think Arizona's going to continue to be competitive because that's what they've been all season. You know, Arizona's not losing fucking, you know, or Arizona's not winning all the games in the world, but they're not getting blown out either. Um, Yeah, I think if the Cowboys had converted even two of their red zone opportunities that they just fucking squandered for no reason, we win this game. Even playing fucking half speed, um, we're just a better team. So let this be a wake-up call. Let this be, uh, you know, Dan Quinn really getting into the defense of like, hey, you want it to be doomsday? Guess what? You got to win a fucking game. You know, you can't, you can't go two and one and call yourself the doomsday defense and you lose to fucking Josh Dobbs. So I think this would be a great wake-up call. I think it's a huge thing because they're going against New England um, this week. But I think it's a great opportunity for the Dallas defense to get back on track. Great opportunity for the Dallas offense to get back on track. And for Mike McCarthy to throw a little bit of fucking difference in the game plan when it comes to uh, the red zone. So let it be written, so let it be done. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to be an outlier when all said and done. Uh, Cardinals needed a big win at home, getting their fans behind them and everything. Um, Even though there was plenty of Cowboys fans in that stadium, there was a... Yeah, there was a push there for the Cardinals. Uh, did you see the video? Josh Dobbs tried to get his own jersey at the uh, fan shop. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't find him. It. Poor guy. And only been there for so long. But, um, yeah, they, they played very good. I mean, even Prater makes a 62-yard line drive field goal. So it was that type of game. What do you do? Yeah, that sucked. Honestly, when that happened, I was like, ah, fuck, they're going to win this thing. <laughs> Literally, that Prater field goal, I was like, fuck, they're going to win it. Yeah. That's God when those it. things go that way is when it feels that. Uh, they go to San Francisco, though, so it's going to be hard for the Cardinals to keep this thing going as the Niners are their next stop. Um, obviously, I'm taking the Niners, uh, but, yeah, big win for the Cardinals this week. Unfortunately, it's going to be a wake-up call. Unfortunately, uh, the Cowboys getting beaten by the Cardinals was a wake-up call for the 49ers, I think. They're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Card- yeah. Maybe we watch this tape a little bit. Maybe, they- ooh, that's a bit of a run game right down their throat. I think the Cardinals get fucking trounced by the 49ers. Yeah, though. especially at home. Uh, finally oh, yeah. see, I think, some of the new white jerseys of the Cardinals. They've been wearing the all red. Ooh. It just looks so tough. <laughs> Anyways, uh, a couple more. Patriots beat the Jets 15-10. to 10. Uh, Boring kind of game, but... Uh, oh, uh, Oh, wild one. Um, Ten to three Patriots at the half. There really wasn't much else in this other than, you know, Mac Jones threw one touchdown and uh, Patriots defense take care of business where the Jets offense can't move it. They look really bad. 
Yeah, and uh, you know Mac Jones giving everybody uh, real quick hernia checks. Yes, which, uh, problematic. It's problematic. become a running thing now. Players know it now. Fan bases know it. For whatever reason, Mac Jones wants to touch the pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> so hot. Want to touch the pee pee? He's, he's whether he's yeah kicking Jaquan Brisker while he slides uh, in that Bears game last year, but this one yeah, uh, Sauce Gardner shoving him to the ground because he cup checks him like i yeah. i get it. it it feels like a high school football thing though like you wear your cup yeah like doing yeah. it in the pro level feels like i'm at my job now you know mf or get yeah. off of me yeah it does feel unprofessional like you know new england patriots fans i'm sure are gonna be like you ain't cheating you ain't trying right yeah. you know you got a fucking uh our kid spunky he's a fucking fighter you know, he's a he's a fucking people yeah. He'll take thumbs up people's shots. butts all the time. What's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. What's what? that? You know, you, if you're a senate, you don't like a fucking quick thumb up your butt, a little quick oil check. You know <laughs> what? Are you, what are you fucking complaining about? <laughs> you know, come on, guys. Uh, yeah, I think this is just a prime example of like Mac Jones is the uh, the fuck is the kid uh, Grayson Allen of the NFL, where everybody's like, I'm gonna talk to my father when this game is over. He just gives you shitty rich kid vibes. It does. And then Sauce Gardner is like, Sauce Gardner, you know, played in Cincinnati. You don't play in Cincinnati because you're fucking, like, coming from the Ivy Leagues. <laughs> like, you know, you're not coming from the hallowed halls of, like, you know, uh, you know. You turn the San, other, yeah. you turn the other cheek like, there. No. You're you're from the streets if you're playing in fucking Cincinnati uh, doing what he did. Sauce Gardner will fuck him up. <laughs> um, and I think next, you know. Maybe Mac Jones is like, I'll get him, I'll get him real riled up, and then next time we face each other, I'll I'll really get Sauce Gardner. I think Sauce Gardner is going to be on fucking blitz checks the entire time they face these fucking guys. The next time they might lose thirty to nothing, but Mac Jones is going to be pulling his fucking face out of the turf. Yeah, because uh, the Jets don't need to win these games because they're not going anywhere. So yeah, I think it, next next game is just hurt Mac Jones a thon. Jets in a lot of trouble, but unfortunately the schedule was made before the Aaron Rodgers injury. So Sunday night football, the Kansas City Chiefs are coming to New York to play the Jets. I mean, this initially initially it was going to be a good game. Jets are still going to wear those those cool throwbacks in this one. Trevor Simeon was signed this week to the Jets, but um, that seems to be rearranging the deck chairs on that Titanic. So Dan. Um, we all taking the Chiefs, I'm assuming. Can I surprise you? Yeah, please. Trap game. Trap game, you're taking the Jets? Are you I'm picking? actually going to take the Jets. All right. I'm actually going to take the Jets. The Jets are at home. Yeah. The Jets have done a real bad job, right? Zach Wilson does not look good. But guess who else does not look good? Any fucking Chiefs wide receiver. Legitimately, oh, the sure. wide receivers look terrible. The Bears are fucking awful. The Jets' defense is significantly better than the Bears' defense. But Travis Swift, my man. I mean, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he'd take the name. It's fine. He's got $700 million. He's going to be a billionaire. Fuck, oh, yeah, I'd yeah, take yeah, the yeah. name. I don't give a damn. Uh, there's already a Kelsey that's had children. You're fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually, I weirdly enough, this does feel like a Kansas City trap game. They're going to walk in there. I think it's going to be... Uh, I think they're kind of taking it easy on this. I mean, it's Andy Reid. I love Andy Reid, but I would not be shocked to see the Kansas City Chiefs go two and two uh, and lose to the Jets at home. I know it's weird. I yeah. know I just got this weird gut feeling that the Jets are going to weirdly win this one. I can see the Jets' defense giving them trouble, but I can't see them keeping up with points even with a troubled Kansas City offense. Can't. Uh, Patriots at Cowboys. 
Uh, Cowboys get back off the schneid here. Um, I think it might be a defensive struggle. I think maybe it might come down to field goal kicking, but uh, Patriots traded away Nick Folk, and the Cowboys have this guy, Opry, that keeps making them. So either way, I like the Cowboys. I actually think this is going to be a fucking uh, a big win by the Dallas Cowboys. No, you? Like, no. I know, shocking, right? <laughs> I think this is going to be a 30-plus point game. Weirdly, though, I think Zeke Elliott is going to run it down our fucking throats. Yeah. Um, I think Zeke Elliott's going to go for 100 yards as well. So I'm pro-Cowboys and former Cowboys. Um, He's saying if yeah, you got we've Zeke got to stop your, these Patriots. Yeah, yeah start, him, start him for your fantasy. Last mm-hmm. game from last week, Eagles beating the Buccaneers 25-11. to 11. Um, Swift had another big game. AJ Brown got enough catches that he's happy now. And mm-hmm. uh, Mayfield, it, it took a long while for the Buccaneers to get going, and then they just didn't have enough. This was a Scorigami game too, with the uh, safety twenty five eleven. Yeah, a little bit of a bit of a surprise. Um, I don't think this game was as close as the final score. No, this was like all Philly all night. Twenty five three early fourth quarter Eagles. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, I I know that it's. Yeah, we got 11 points on the board. No, you didn't. Philly just didn't give a shit anymore. Uh, Jalen Hurts throwing way more interceptions than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting a little loose with the football. like It almost feels like he's trying to win an MVP and in doing so is putting his team in bad positions. But yeah. uh, the Eagles are way better than the Buccaneers, and so it didn't wind up mattering. Um, Philly's real good, man. Philly's real good, and I hate him. If there's a way you could slow down Philly's offense and force Hurts to beat you with the arm this year, maybe uh, there'd be a a downhill thing, but then their defense has become such a wreck that no, you're probably playing from behind anyway. I mean, yeah, you're probably running it on you no matter what anyway. So yeah, the Eagles are in a very good spot again. Um, How about Jalen Carter too? Looking fucking He looks great. great. He looks great. I know pro football focus has their own ratings for everything, but he's apparently blowing up their rookies every time um, dude he blows up the film <laughs> yeah he blows up film you watch the film you're like holy fuck what blows is he up god damn it and centers um the uh buccaneers on the other side um like nothing from mike uh evans until the end and then it felt like yeah i'm catching touchdowns don't want to be here let me just get back in line. like he just it was like he, he's not even that celebrating much he's just i'm done with this here i want out of tampa so we'll see they're two he, and one yeah and they yeah yeah, they should be uh, spunky this in that division too. Yeah, they're they're two and one. You could definitely win this division. Uh, it's not a good division. You're probably not going to have to worry about the Panthers. Uh, the Saints are going to give you trouble. Speaking then, of, you know, Buccaneers at Saints. Let me do that as a segue. Buccaneers at Saints. Yeah. That's this week. Um, big one for both teams because this division is such a jump. Uh, I would. So I pick in Saints, but now we want to make sure the car's playing because I don't know yet. Have you heard anything? Uh, he's not sure. So right now he's questionable. If, um, um, okay. If Jameis, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. I'm going to be right there with you. If it's Jameis, I'm not I'm taking, taking Tampa. the fucking Saints. Right. If, if yeah. Jameis plays, we're, we're firing the cannons. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm right there with you. Okay. We'll just keep an eye on uh, Carr's availability of <laughs> starting this game. All right, and then the last game to pick from this week is Commanders at Eagles. This is a Sunday noon game. The Commanders going to Philly, so I don't see Philly dropping this one this year, which was the one they dropped last year, right? It was the prime time in Philly yeah. against the Commanders? No, this time, Things this time get weird in divisions, man. Yeah, this time they'll they'll be ready for them. I like the Eagles. 
yeah, I mean, I, I'm allowed to hate the Washington as much as I hate Philadelphia, so I can just pick the better team, and I'm going to take Philadelphia because I think they're a better I see, team. You picking the Eagles this year? I, I can tell you're trying. He's trying in picks this year, everybody. <laughs> I can't, hey man, I can't I can't be losing. I I gave up basically 14 games last year <laughs> picking the fucking Eagles. We are picking against the Eagles, so yeah, it hurt me. It hurt me in the end total. We got a bunch different. Uh, this week if you want to know them all just go back and re-listen why not this was a great episode yeah. uh last week dan uh was at 17 correct i was at 19 when we finished this week dan at 29 and me just at 30 it is a one point lead everybody mm-hmm. he's making up ground and and obviously we're going to probably move around quite a bit here this week so we'll see what happens yeah re- Real volatile week. If if either one of us winds up going, you know, straight across, that's gonna be a hard. Uh, that's gonna be a it's hard a long, yeah. It's a long yeah. Uh, trail back up. Yeah, if somebody sweeps this one. All right, uh, time for quiz, Dan. You ready? Yes, please. Here we go. Um, to uh, uh, to 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 honor uh, Travis Kelsey and the great week he's had here. Let's talk about uh, career. Receiving yards for tight ends. I want you to see if you can guess the top. I'll say eight guys because I don't think you'll get nine or ten. They're just too old. But the top eight all-time tight end in terms of yardage. Uh, Tony G. Tony G is number one. Right off Uh, the list. Give me Gronk. Gronk is two, three, four, five, six. It's like eight, right? Gronk is six Um, on the list. Tony G was 15,000 yards. Gronk. 9,200. Give me Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates was third on the list at 11,800. Nice work. We're talking, obviously, Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey on this list. Now, Travis Kelsey is the only active uh, tight end. I'll give you that. Uh, Mm -hmm. This stats was starting this season, so he had 10,344. So I don't think he's caught Gates at 11,000 yet. So Travis Kelsey's fourth. Give me the love of my life. Jason Witten. Jason Witten is second on this list behind Tony Gonzalez, mm-hmm. 13,000. All right, so what? I got the top four, right? Uh, yeah, top four and number six with Gronkowski. Okay. Uh, top four, so let me get uh, – I'm going to go Kellen Winslow Sr. Nope, nope. Kellen Ooh. Winslow Sr., not on this list. Okay. Uh, can I go another Dallas Cowboy, Jay Novacek? Nope. In fact, so you're going older than uh, I expected you to go to the uh, – Pick five, seven, and eight are uh, guys in our time. Oh, in fact, I, I'm wrong. There is another guy on this list that is still currently playing. <clears throat> How could I have forgotten? Uh, oh, Mercedes Lewis? Nope. The guy that is mm. also still playing just got himself a touchdown this week. My God, who the fuck am I thinking of? It's not Mercedes Lewis. Is it George Kittle? Nope, George Kittle's not on the list yet either. All right, let me start giving you some clues. Um, the guy who's playing still, got a touchdown this week, is returning. Oh, Jimmy Graham. There, yeah, you got Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Graham. Yep, Jimmy I, I completely forgot he was back. Yeah, me too. Jimmy Graham uh, was eight on this list. And then you've got a uh, man who's on does a lot of sports shows now. I think that gives it away. Um, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Skill. Oh, oh sorry. Skill. <laughs> Shannon. Shannon. Shannon Sharp is fifth on this list. And then another guy who's a... Uh, Miss President. Call the president. Uh, we uh, killing. Skill. Yeah. We'd, get, we'd bring on in the national guard. Um, this guy's also uh, finding himself in the booth now. 
Is it Greg Olson? Greg Olson is ahead of Jimmy Graham now with seven. Wow. So those are your top surprising. eight. After that, ninth, Ozzie Newsome. And tenth, Jackie Smith from the Cardinals Ooh, way wow. back then. So those are your tight ends. Okay. Most receiving yards in a career. Dan, you dominated the top five of that list, so congrats. I went I went too far back. I went too and far back. And then you started jumping back, yep. All right, um, that's our show, you guys. But again, thank you so much for listening to the entire episode. Uh, we're coming to you again here right before Thursday night kickoff football, but uh, we got that flexibility to come to you one of these one of these days here and, and, and coming up with the new episodes before our kickoff. So thank you so much for uh, subscribing when you know the new ones hit and keeping an eye out on the um, social medias. I try to post it on the Facebook or that uh, X website until they start charging us. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right, real quick, some crazy stats. Uh, Dan, who's the only QB this uh, season so far without a turnover? Uh, well, Dak just had one, mm. so give me... Is it Tua? It's Justin Herbert. Ooh, yeah, it very nice. doesn't have a turnover yet. Same draft class. Um. And I already talked about Colts. Matt Gabe becoming the first kicker in history to make four 50-plus field goals in one game. Give it up for Matt Gay. Crazy good. And then since Kirk Cousins has been drafted in that 2012 draft, 113 QBs have also been drafted. Only Patrick Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. And Oh, my God. Yeah, from that time. And now with Rodgers not playing, the only active QBs with Super Bowls wins are Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, who was also drafted in 2012, and Matthew Stafford. Uh, what about Blaine Gabbard? A winning Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, win- uh, well, he was on a winning Super Bowl uh, team. Uh, that pl- Does that count? Uh, starting winning okay. Super Bowl quarterbacks. We're not I talking like about Jimmy Garoppolo. Every once in a while. Yeah. yeah, I was like, Jimmy G's on there, <laughs> yeah. Blaine Gabbard, you know. Not the guys the who won, the, who Jesus have the rings for, yeah. All right, those are my crazy stats. Thank you guys again. Dan, please, uh, parting words of wisdom. It's been a thing recently on TikTok of uh, women pranking their husbands saying, uh, Taylor Swift really put Travis Kelsey on the map, uh, that now people finally know about Travis Kelsey. As a football fan, let me tell you this. Taylor Swift is so many orders of magnitude more famous than Travis Kelsey. Don't even get upset about it because it's technically pretty correct. Um, Taylor Swift has about as many fans as the NFL does. Just to give you an idea of how fucking pervasive this woman's uh, fan base is. So when people say, oh, she put Travis Kelsey on the map, for a good portion of the United States, maybe 80, 90 million women, they're probably looking at Travis Kelsey for the first time in their whole fucking lives. So I uh, got to give a little credit to T Swift, clearly more famous than Travis Kelsey. He's going to be a hall of fame tight end, but uh, when you're a worldwide world famous musician, you're just at a different level. So don't get offended. Yeah, she did put him on a, a higher map. Good for Travis Kelsey and, and good for Jason. Uh, maybe all this money will finally force him to retire from the fucking Eagles. So we can finally get some pressure up the middle. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're all done with that Eagles push. My God. Okay, guys. God. Thanks so much for listening to another episode. I'm Scott. And this is Dan. Enjoy the football from this week. And, and maybe we'll be happy when we hear from, when you guys hear from us once again. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>